Welcome back to the Women's Football Podcast. I'm Maddie Taylor. It's Sean Ed's birthday this weekend, so we've been nice and we've let her have the week off. I'm here to talk you through the latest news and results from the women's game internationally and locally. Coming up, Blues have one hand on the WSL title. Has Glass smashed their Champions League hopes? It's squeaky bum time at the bottom of the WSL and we hear about a new football collective. Joining me this week to look over everything is the lovely Liv Griffiths. Welcome back, Liv. Hi, Maddie. Thanks for the charm offence there. I enjoyed that. (laughs) And we have a newcomer this week. We have our producer, Luke, on the podcast. Hi, Maddie. How are you? I'm I'm great. How are you doing? Very well. Sounding very well as well. Good. Big midweek at both ends of the tables. West Ham met Aston Villa in East London and a dull nil-nil draw meant that both sides took a share of the spoils. It means Villa moved out of the relegation zone on goal difference ahead of Bristol City, who they met in the early kickoff on Saturday. And we'll find out how that went shortly. The potential title decider was played out at Manchester City's Academy Stadium. This game lived up to all expectations. It was mixed emotions from everyone at the end. Chelsea led twice through Sam Kerr and a penalty from Pernil Harder. But goals either side from Chloe Kelly and Lauren Hemp meant the points were shared. Guys, mixed emotions for Chelsea, although they weren't at their best, but that was a massive point for them, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. You could tell by Emma Hayes' reaction at the end. She punched the air in delight um, because Chelsea didn't play that well on the night. Millie Bright came out and said that as well. And and Catherine Berger to make two amazing saves as well to stop Manchester City winning that game. And defences weren't on top in that game, it's fair to say. All four goals were preventable, but uh, it was very un-Chelsea-like in terms of defending as well. But that was a a massive blow for Manchester City with uh, not being able to win that game. And Liv, I, I don't know if you saw, but there was actually an image um, after of Steph Horton consoling all the Man City players on the pitch afterwards. Is that their title chances sort of over now? I wouldn't say so. You know, I think before we started this podcast where we talked about squeaky bum time, according to Luke, everyone at the moment is trying to hold their nerve And yes, you kind of look at the bottom of the table and relegation, but it's also happening at the top. Chelsea have shown that, you know, they are beatable. We saw Brighton with that shock win. A draw wasn't necessarily what Man City wanted, but at at the end of the day, it still puts that pressure on Chelsea now. If they, all it takes is one loss from them and Man City can like continue to win the last two games and they're champions. So... It's, it's great to see from Steph. I think she's a great leader and a great captain, but um, it's, it's not over. It's not over until the next couple of weeks, that's for sure. And Chelsea turned their attentions to their Champions League semi-final against Bayern Munich. Their first, the first leg took place at the Bayern Complex in Munich. They fell behind after Anne-Katrine Berger, who was the hero on Wednesday night, turned to villain as she failed to deal with the cross and Sydney Lohman poked it home. Chelsea were level in fortunate circumstances as a flick header ricocheted off Melanie Leopold's and looped into the net against her former club. The German league leaders went back in front on 57 minutes when Hannah Glass was able to advance and fire home from the edge of the area. Chelsea did have chances. Jisoo Young rattled the bar from the edge of the area. 
So, Liv, despite the defeat, what a vital away goal for Chelsea that is. Yeah, absolutely. I know we. You know, I watched the game and it was a bit of a fluke how they scored it, but you'll take it in these big occasions and these big games. And, you know, I was actually trying to explain the um, away goals to my partner who doesn't really watch football earlier. And I said, if you take that crucial away goal, you already get, you've already got that advantage. And I think Chelsea will feel that way when they play at home next week. Um who wrote this script? Was it you, Luke? Because saying Anne Katrinberger is a villain is just pretty like harsh. You well, know, we saw... it was a, it was a bad mistake. Let's be honest, Liv. Come on, she, yeah, for, for the quality of keeper that she is, she is. But you know, it's funny because I think it was three years ago. Actually, I was watching her play for Birmingham against Chelsea. She was a relatively unknown, playing for an average team, and she's just gone up and up and up. So to sort of call her that just from one mistake, <laughs> I just think is a bit harsh. No, but she kept it. Basically, she won them the game. Well, she got them a point at Man City on on Wednesday, didn't she? And potentially, mm. if City got if if Chelsea draw nil nil now on next Sunday, then they're out, aren't they? Whereas if they'd have gone in one one, they go through an away goal. So potentially, she could be the villain because she made a costly mistake, and it's a mistake you wouldn't expect her to make. And it's like they said in the analysis, really, she got herself under the cross and probably didn't need to put herself under so much pressure. Yeah. And, and that's just it. Maybe today Chelsea just felt that extra pressure. I think it's the furthest they've got in this competition. You know, Bayern are champions in, in their league and, you know, they're pretty strong in themselves. But, yeah, you'll take what you get. They're still in it. Yeah, they definitely are. And Luke, even though Chelsea had chances, so obviously did Bayern. And that is something, do you think, that they need to watch out for next week? Yeah, Bayern looked really dangerous on the break, didn't they? And they'll, they'll probably be, be a di- dis- bit disappointed that they didn't score more, really. But uh, the, Bayern, there'll be pressure on them as well because they've never won the Champions League. Of course, it's always been dominated by Wolfsburg. So uh, a big chance for them, a chance for Bayern to make history. It, it, it looks like they're going to break the monopoly in the Bundesliga as well by beating Wolfsburg to the league. So now they'll want to go and do the league and Champions League double. But yeah... Um, Chelsea will have to come out and attack Bayern, which means that that'll leave holes at the back. In the other semi-final, it was honours even in Paris between PSG and Barcelona. The Catalans got a vital away goal when Janine Hermoso gave them the lead on 12 minutes. American defender Alana Cook drew the French side level. Liv, PSG proved in the last round against Lyon that not winning the home leg is a disadvantage. But is this a bridge too far for them? That's a really hard question. It's a good question. I do think maybe yes, because they've come up against Barcelona, who are an incredible team. Um, I think they've just had more opportunities in the past in sort of the Champions League stage. I think actually this is the furthest they've both got in this competition. So it's a case of who can hold their bottle more. And yeah, and we saw Barcelona take apart Man City, who are very, very good in the quarterfinals. So I don't know. You never know. It's it's so hard because it's it's based on how they perform on the day. And a 1-1 draw is much better than a loss today. So you never know. And Luke, we obviously know that the Barca side can score goals. So they will definitely have to be defensively perfect, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. We, we saw Barcelona were pretty... They didn't give much away against Manchester City. City came out and attacked them in that second leg, didn't they? But they're always pretty comfortable. And with Oshishwala up front as well, they've always got that threat. 
and uh, with Jenny Hermoso, she scored again. So the fact that, again, Barcelona can go back to Spain with that away goal gives any advantage. But nobody gave PSG a hope against Lyon either, and he went and won there. So who knows? The early kickoff on Saturday saw Aston Villa host Bristol City in what was an entertaining affair. Villa led 2-0 and dominated the first half as they led through Megan Sargent's unlucky early own goal and Natalie Hay header from Alicia Endown's cross. The Vixens fought back though and substitute Faye Bryson made an instant impact as she gave City hope with 50 minutes remaining. And right at the death, Ellen Master Antonio free kick eluded everyone to earn a vital point. Luke, Villa will have wanted more points from the two games against West Ham and Bristol City, but it keeps them out of the relegation zone on goal difference, which surely is the main thing. For Aston Villa, it is, yeah. At the minute, that's all it's about. Just keep picking up points. They got that point against West Ham in midweek. And um, the big thing that'll be disappointing for them is that they didn't go on and, and see the game out against Bristol City because that would have probably finished Bristol City off. It would put Aston Villa more or less safe. But as it is, it's so tight down at the bottom. I think there's four teams at the minute which, which are going to come on to within a point or two points of each other. And I know um, Aston Villa play West Ham next week. So... Massive, massive two points for Aston Villa, but it should and could have been six. And Liv, for Bristol City, two games to go at home to Manchester United and away to a Brighton team who have nothing to play for. Do you think they can do it? No, I don't. (laughs) I think they've left it a little bit too late, but I commend them for their efforts midweek. Saturday against Aston Villa, you know, to go in at half time knowing you're 2 0 down and to show that fighting spirit is incredible from them. I just, the reason why I have to say no in this instance is the goal difference. I think at the beginning of the season that they were just losing so catastrophically in terms of margins. And I just think that could be the pivotal moment. That could be, even if they get the same points as Villa, they're still going to go down. But so, considering where they were, Liv, when like we were talking, well, when you were talking about the start of the season, if we you just yeah. had two games to go, they've got a chance. We did never have said that, would we? No, we would have said they they'd be relegated ten ten games ago. And when Matt Beard came in, I think he steadied the ship, and he, you know, how do I politely put this? He put the rocket up some of their backsides to sort of get a move on. You know, this is, you know, you've got to look at next season, and you know, we talked about it uh, about TV rights about sort of getting more finance behind the game. If you go down to the championship, only one team will come up next season. And, and that's not guaranteed to be you. You know, we've seen so many teams that we don't really hear much of anymore. Like Yeovil were in the league a couple of years ago. So I just think Aston Villa do have, for me, they just have more of a game plan. They have um, more finance behind them. So Bristol really, really are reliant on staying in this league because I think if they do go down, we won't see them for a couple of years, maybe longer. Oh, yeah, that's a very harsh, bold statement. Liv is coming fire. We love it. (laughs) And the race for the final Champions League spot is hotting up. Arsenal remain third in the WSL on goal difference after a 2-0 win over Brighton. Jordan Nobbs grabbed a goal in each half and the only disappointment for the Gunners will be that they didn't score more in what was a dominant display. Manchester United kept their hopes alive as they blew away Spurs. Goals from Ella Toon, Kristen Press and Jess Sigsworth had the game won for United after just half an hour. Toon added her second and United's fourth in the second before 
Alana Kennedy, got a consolation in stoppage time. Arsenal have the experience and the game in hand and have to play two of the bottom three. Liv, are they your favourites? To finish in the top three? Uh, absolutely. I think their win against Brighton, who are very tricky to play. I know they probably should have scored scored more but you know we're talking about a Brighton who have taken points from top four teams so it's still a commendable win for them and I think this was their sixth league win on the bounce and when you're playing like that you know you have your players like Jordan Nobbs I think I've been saying it for a while now she really is that like cog in the midfield and she makes such an impact when she stays fit and in the team so I do think third they will clinch third because Man United have kind of faltered a little bit, but I do think it'll be the last game of the season where we see, well, where we determine where third and fourth will be. And Everton will have a big say in this, as well as both teams have to play them also, which is an interesting sideshow, don't you think, Luke? Yeah, it is absolutely a one home, one away. And Everton want to be up there with the top three and competing with them. So this is their chance now to kind of make that statement and go out and maybe beat both Man United and Arsenal, or at least bloody the noses and um, give them a huge opportunity to uh, to build on that for next season. And also, like I say, make the, uh, make the race for third place interesting. Yeah, and talking of Everton, they remain in fifth place after a 0-0 draw at West Ham. And there was a total of 23 shots in the game, but only four on target, which, which kind of summed up the game. Liv, two nil-nil home draws for the Hammers. Considering how results around have gone in this, is this like a missed opportunity for them to sort of cement their WSL place? Yeah, absolutely. I think the nil-nil draws kind of sums up West Ham's season. They've just not been clinical and they've not set the bar for themselves. I've you know, kind of watched in disarray thinking, where's their identity? Like, what, what are they trying to achieve? And even when you've got teams like Aston Villa and even Birmingham are on the slide, you know, you should be thinking, OK, if we can take three points, we are automatically putting ourselves in a position where we stay in the WSL. And it's just not happening for them. I mean, yeah, that's not good enough to come away with a nil-nil draw. So, I really hope that they'll invest in the summer. I do think they probably will stay in the league, but they should look at this as, you know, like this is a warning to them now. If they don't pick up their act for next season, then they're just going to go down to the bottom as well. And Luke, they have Arsenal and Man City as of their final three fixtures. So the game against Aston Villa next weekend is a game that they, they surely need to get something from. To be fair to West Ham, they have tightened up at the back. If this was early in the season, Arsenal Man City would probably put quite a few goals past them. So you'd expect Arsenal Man City to beat West Ham because they've both got something to go for as well, but it probably won't be like a goal fest. Um, but as you say, I think that Aston Villa game next week is a winner-takes-all game. Whoever wins it stays in the WSL and whoever loses it or... I mean, even if it's a draw, it's probably more beneficial to West Ham than it is to Aston Villa. If one of them loses it, all of a sudden they're looking over the shoulder again for that last weekend. Birmingham drew with Reading to leave them still with some work to do to stay in the WSL. Ruby Mace gave the Blues a lead on six minutes. They did have chances to extend the lead, but those missed chances came back to haunt them and Welsh international Rachel Rowe equalised. They remain in 10th place, two points above bottom spot. Spot. Plenty more still to come, including a look at the championship next. Making small changes to your lifestyle could improve your chances of staying healthier longer. 
Start now by taking our free How Are You quiz. Just search One You. In the Championship, it was a strange day as only Liverpool in the top four won. Champions Leicester City fell to defeat at Lewis thanks to an Ine Abbasi Amontong's penalty. The Rooks bouncing back after their shock FA Cup exit to Southampton last weekend. Durham are on their worst run of the season. That's no wins in three now as they went down to a Cheltenham side who was finishing the season strongly with eight points from four games. Liverpool moved within a point of Durham thanks to a 1-0 win at Sheffield United. Danish striker Amelia Thurstrump with the goal after 30 minutes. Liverpool finished with 10 men as Taylor Hins was sent off in stoppage time. Liverpool have their eyes on the second place now. Psychologically, if they can nick that spot off Durham, it will give them a big boost going into the next season, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all know that Leicester are champions and WSL isn't going to be beckoning them for next season. But, you know, it's kind of, like you say, the psychological side of it is like we are the second best team. So, like, in theory, next season is going to be our time. So I think Liverpool need to sort of take the summer to sort of reflect on this season. Obviously, Vicky Jepsen's left. They're probably going to lose one of their prolific players, Baba DJ, who's still not played in the last few months, but there's lots of positives to take. Obviously, Rachel Furness has come in. She's been a great sort of like sort of addition to that team and giving them more identity of what they're looking for. So yeah, it'll be good for them to finish seconds, but equally there's nothing much to play for. So even if they don't get it, it's not the end of the world for them, I don't think. And the rest of the results in the championship saw Coventry end their home campaign with a 5-2 win over Crystal Palace. Two goals from Katie Morris and a goal apiece for Helen DeModi and Amy Watton. And London Bees finished off their campaign with a smile as they beat an out-of-form Blackburn side 3-2 at the Hive. Now, a nice little thing to speak about. There is a new football collective in town. PH1 FC, a women's football collective made up of tier one to five players from London and surrounding countries. Now, Liv spoke with founder Miles Sita all about it. And here is a little snippet. Miles, thanks for coming on and having a chat with us today. Um, it's nice to see you. Thanks for having Just, me on. No worries. What is We Are PH1 and Who Are PH1 FC? Let me, I'll ask you, do you know what PH1 stands for? Um, I don't actually, but I feel like it's something to do with science and fitness. Am I right? Y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Along the right line. So PH1 is acidic. And when I was in school, um, I created um, a brand called Acidic. That was, the, that was a brand that I built in school. It was a tag name for myself to make music and all that sort of stuff. And it was doing all right, you know. Um, I, I wasn't taking it seriously, but um, looking back um, in terms of like branding and marketing and kind of selling myself in kind of the area, I was doing all right. Stop that um, to focus on football full time and then uni. And then after first year, I wanted to do something again. Like I really enjoyed creating content. And that's kind of what I enjoy doing. And um, I was like, you know what? Um, let's start acidic fitness so acidic fitness it will be six years in the summer that has been up and running and it was yeah i know a long time and (laughs) um it was to what's how can i say i wanted to link up with 
kind of sports, niche sports that don't really get a look in kind of in mainstream. So, you know, top from top of my head, talking, you know, weightlifting, um, hockey, uh, netball, them, them sort of sports. Initially, I tried staying away from football because I thought, I mean, I'm a football man, um, but I thought that going into football would be too easy. I want to kind of challenge myself and kind of um, explore other sports. Like I, I am a sports fan as well. So just um, dabbling into different sports was fun. And then around 2017, um, I had a some sort of working relationship with Adidas. Um, and then an opportunity arose to take part in their um, in their global activation called the Tango League. So the Tango League is a football activation where um, teams get together and play five-a-side um, tournaments um, all around London. It happens in different markets around the world. And Acidic Finish were given an opportunity to enter a team. I was like, okay, calling the name. Acidic FC is too easy of a name. I, I don't like it. It's too easy. And I was like, what, PH1? All right, it's got a nice ring to it. Fine, we'll, we'll keep it at that. With PH1, established 2017, beginning of 2017, that was the same time that kind of YouTube football and kind of, I don't know how to call it, influencer or creator football um, kind of um, popped up. So that's when you saw um, kind of the emergence of SE Dons at around 2017. BT started um, pretty much at the same tournament as us as well. So BT's kind of um, kicked off as well. And so at the end of that year, we were just a team that um, that was just playing the Tango League. So at the end of 17, I said to myself, right, okay, cool. Um, now is the time to kind of start putting the works into building PH1 as, a, as its own football brand. I was having a look at the kit. Very nicely designed. Love the mm-hmm. Tiger analogy. Obviously, big brands like Boost and Adidas on there. How do you approach these sort of markets to sort of back you? Well, with Adidas, it's I'm just lucky. Um, <laughs> I just surrounded myself with the right people, the right opportunities came for myself, and I just took advantage of them to the point where now we get opportunities to be involved in activations and be involved kind of in in kind of their um, strategies. So that's number one. Um, in terms of boost, again, perfect timing. Um, we actually were looking at finding partners. So it was a thing of, okay, cool, we've got something great here. Is now now what we've got to do myself and um, a small selection of the team. So Lauren, my captain, um, just put together a plan and just put together a list of, okay, cool, we need to approach these people, let them know who we are and hopefully they buy into it. And fortunately enough, Boost, um, especially with what they're going through, they want to re, they want to, um, reinvigorate their brand um, in the in the wider public. We've been working together ever since the beginning of the year now. I always had the intention of bringing women in, and I and I thought it would take a long time. I'd worked with female ballers in the past, you know, Chloe Kaylee um, and others. So yes, yeah, so, I mean, I'd, I'm, I'm, I was familiar with I was familiar with the game, but from but from an elite level like tier one and two at that mm-hmm. point. So. Anything below that, I was just, I didn't have a clue. So, and I said, you know, I really, I really want to, um, I really want to do something for those that are tier three and below. Um, and I thought it would take a while. So end of 2018, we have an activation um, for Adidas and I made a prediction, bold one. 
Um, and this is right before a Tango League as well. And I said, right, what's going to happen? A female, a female, a group of female players that are part of a college academy are going to come in. One of them is going to do really, really well and is going to get top score. And it happened. Who was it? Her name is Jennifer Neves. She's at Sutton. Um, mm-hmm. She was just turned 16, I believe. And I saw that and I was like, wow, let's bring you in. Let's bring you into Tango. Um, brought her in. She was the first female player in Tango League. There hadn't been a there hadn't been a female Tango League player before, and I asked. I was like, "Yo, like, is there a is there a gender rule?" And Brand came back to me and said, "There's no gender rule. Is that women just don't take part because they just they just assume that it's it's men only, but it's not." So Jennifer was the first female Tango player, and Brand was very excited about that, and I was excited about that. I said, "Okay, cool. Um, now I want to start bringing in more female players." Liv, what what an amazing and interesting pro- project. Yeah, absolutely. Miles is a he's a busy man, you know. He he sort of like spoke with such passion and you know, sort of I could understand that this is kind of something he's yeah, he he loves and um you know, it was, it was quite bold of him to say that he really wanted to take the women's game forward and lots of his branding, lots of sort of the team is all about the female game and how it grows and how he goes to games to scout our players and yeah, it was a really interesting chat. And I'd, I'd say to anyone that's listening to the pod to check it out, because I think we'll put it on our YouTube channel. Um, I think I think Miles will explain it a lot better than I do. But uh, yeah, hopefully we'll catch up with him again and, and see where see where it takes him. Yeah, guys. And like Liv said, if you want to listen uh, to the interview any further, it will be on our YouTube channel, the Women's Football Podcast. So go on there and give it a like and a subscribe. That is it from us today, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to give us a follow on social media. It's at TWFP1 on Twitter and the Women's Football Podcast, as always, on Instagram. And thank you to our lovely guests, Liv and Luke, for coming on the podcast this weekend. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks for having us, Maddie. Going to go hide from all the teams I've just not given the best. <laughs> Vixen Caster on the phone now as we speak. Oh, the Vixen no. I'm sorry, guys, but you know, I'm still championing for you. Let's see what happens. <laughs> speak to you all next week. <laughs>